Okay, there's always some little controversy going on on the internet, whether it's, is this dress blue or gold, or is it Laurel right. or Yanni? <laughs> always something. Um, so today, the new one is, there's a bear at a Chinese zoo, and at one point, you know, the people are standing along with their kids, like, oh, look at the bears, and the bear stands up on only two legs, and it started this controversy that, is that just a man in a bear costume? So I'll show you the video in just a minute, Kevin. Then you can weigh in on what you think of the controversy. All right. So we watched the video of the uh, people accusing the bear of being a man in a in a bear costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what I think next. Okay. So people are accusing this bear of being a man in a bear costume. Um, I'm saying that's a real bear. And these people are bear ageists because he has a little bit of, he's wrinkly, he stands up and he's kind of wrinkly down around his, you know, his bear back and his bear bottom. He's got some wrinkles. It's probably just, you know, an aging bear. You know what I think too? If, If that was a man in a bear costume or a woman, they are the best physical actor ever. Cause when the bear gets off, the rock after being up on two legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really moves like mm-hmm. a bear. You'd have to be a physical yeah. actor to pull that yeah. off. That's a bear over there. <laughs> so this is pretty wild. There is a huge toy that's gone gangbusters. I mean, everybody wants to get their hands on this toy, but it's being driven. The demand is being driven by adults. Hmm. See if you can guess what it is and we'll talk about it next. So this is really funny. This headline totally caught my eye because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just watched a movie about the Beanie Baby craze. Okay. It was fascinating, like how the guy Ty founded the company and all the relationships around it. As a side um, note, boy, that writer strike is really affecting you. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. watched a documentary about Beanie Babies. It was a movie, but it was behind the scenes. You're running you know, out of content. Dramatization. So anyway... Um, There is a toy where adults are driving the market. And I'll give you a hint. I think you're going to be able to guess what this is. Let me me guess before you hint. Can I guess? Oh, you don't want a hint? Okay. I'm saying the Etch-A-Sketch. No. Good guess. Let me give you this hint then. It's the idea of having something that's nurturing, cozy, cuddly, and affordable and accessible. Mm, is it Beanie Babies? Think your daughter, Amber. Squish, squishmallows? Squishmallows. Squishmallow mallows. They're like the latest and greatest craze. Oh, that's been going for a while. And uh, it's all At part of the, the trend cadulting, um, <laughs> you know, where you just, you still want your childhood fun. And I guess the toy got uh, released back in 2017. The first Squishmallows were really hard to get. And that kind of drove it. And then, mm-hmm. like, there's this, there's an Instagram photo of this one lady. She wanted a really good picture of her Squishmallow collection. So she went to church on a weekday when it was, you know, no one was around and lined them all up in the pews. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I have officially moved half of my collection of Squishmallows into our church. Half <laughs> the Squishmallows got Jesus. <laughs> But I guess they can be so affordable, too, because like the little ones are only like you can get them for five bucks. Mm -hmm. The bigger ones are like twenty five bucks. But they are, I guess people say that I've never had one, Mm -hmm. but they're really comforting to to squish. Yeah, my daughter, uh, Amber, has an entire her spare bedroom. The the bed is entirely covered in them. She's driving the craze. And then sometimes she'll have her uh, her pity dolly. Who's coolest looking dog? Just one blue eye and one black, uh, one brown eye, and she'll put her in the middle of all of them. 
So her face looks like one of the pillow uh, faces. Kind of like E.T. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's hilarious. Exactly. So, but they're they're becoming hard to find, really? They're just like the latest craze. Like, and adults are driving it. Hmm. Like you your daughter. One? Do you think you want one? I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about these uh, squish mellow, squish mallows, mellows, whatever they're called. Uh, my daughter loves them. Uh, they're, they're like people extending their childhood. Like, what did you call it? Kidulting? Kidulting. I think a lot of people are kidulting. Like, my daughter's uh, boyfriend, he collects uh, wrestling, like, figurines and memorabilia. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and and as much as I want to say, like, oh, oh, I want to point a finger and go, oh, people just don't grow up. I do the same thing. Any of us that have a jersey from our favorite sports team, we are kidulting. You know what my favorite form of kidulting is? Mm-hmm. My mountain bike. Yeah. When I get on that thing, I feel like a kid. It's the best. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say I feel the same thing with my road bike, but I don't know that that's under cadulting because I do sometimes, honestly, I don't even I don't feel like it, but I do it because I know like, okay, as an adult, I got to exercise, use it or lose it. Right. And that's in my head. Sometimes it's not that feeling of recess. It's like, okay, (laughs) if you start sliding, that's a slippery slope. But um, I'm talking more of like stuff that we buy, sports memorabilia and things like that. Like I have a Ray Boom Boom Mancini autographed boxing glove. In a case here at the radios on my desk in my office. That's not cadulting. Why? That's man caving. Is it? And your wife made you bring it to work. <laughs> Get it out of the house. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I remember when it came, she was like, oh, that's nice. It's not staying here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're like many people and you're sad that the kids are heading back to school soon, maybe it's it's imminent for you. You are not the only one. I am feeling it too, even though I'm just the aunt. Um, I, I'm i like sad. My niece is going back to her sophomore year of college and I keep trying to like invite her over and I'm texting her and she's ghosting me. <laughs> and I think it's because she's working so much trying mm-hmm. to earn money for college and she's trying to spend every minute with her friends while she can. Right. But yesterday I was lucky enough, um, her little sister is, you know, heading back to high school and we got to, my sister and I took her to lunch as kind of like a back to school, like one last hurrah of the summer. Mm -hmm. So she got to pick the place and we talked at her. She's not super talkative. (laughs) (laughs) No, we asked, I asked her some questions, but I tried not to be too obnoxious trying to get her to talk. That conversation goes. What grade is she going into? Uh, She's going to be a junior. Okay. Say excited about your junior year? Uh, I guess. Oh my gosh, my junior year was great. Here's every detail that happened. So I hope you're excited too. Eh. Thankfully, I didn't do that to her. I didn't bring up any any weird. But well, I, it's, I was the class president. <laughs> no, I did not do that. And I wasn't the class president. What were you? You were class. Something. I was student body president. Student body. What's the difference? Isn't that the same thing? No, it's different. Yeah, what, there, there was what, a class president and there was a student body president. What powers did the class president have that you did not enjoy? And what did you uh, have power over that that person didn't? Um, <laughs> It's probably more work to be student or, body president. You're in some... charge of homecoming and... Wow, so you had a lot. So yeah. like the, the, I got a... Okay, a, so like the theme of homecoming had to get your stamp of approval or it wasn't happening. Uh, pretty much me and my, me and my panel, my cabinet... I had a, <laughs> you had a, I had a vice president, what? a treasurer, and a secretary. 
<laughs> and they all apologized to me in writing in my yearbook for not helping me. Shows <laughs> you what kind of leader I was. Right. Best junior year ever. Sorry we didn't help more. <laughs> yep. You know what's funny? I was responsible for it. Now I like feel kind of bad about it. I was responsible for getting a, a soda machine in the cafeteria, and I was very proud of it at the time. And now I'm like, no, you're not. I was contributing to bad health choices. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably now been replaced by a juice bar or something. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, do you fly very often? Coming up, some big changes to the airplane you'll be on. How do you feel about airplane bathrooms? Heebie-jeebies, <laughs> right? Here, they uh, try not to touch anything. Oh, it's so gross. Even, but, when you, even when you wash your hands. And you got to get the paper towel. Sometimes they're stuck inside. And you're like, I just washed my hands. I don't want to like touch the plastic. Yeah, I use a paper towel to get back out. Oh, yeah. Open the door. The Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, a de- it's a necessary evil. Well, check this out. The Department of Transportation just announced a new rule that will require all airlines to make restrooms large enough for two people. The purpose is to make at least one restroom large enough for passengers with disabilities and their attendants to enter and maneuver within the space. And uh, having had a dad with MS, this is pretty super cool because there is no way that my dad could have used the bathroom unassisted, hmm. especially uh, the last couple of years he was with us. Uh, but we're all going to have to be super patient. Airlines have 10 years to comply. I wonder like what that's going to do to leg room. <laughs> it's already so okay, packed as it is. 10 years to comply. So hold it. <laughs> <laughs> For 10 years? I don't know if I can hold it for 10 years. That's an awfully long time. So a lot of you have been praying for my dad. Remember I told you about my dad? He's getting up in years, and he's always been crazy super active. I mean, one of those people are like, how old is he? And when you tell him, people are like, no way. Anyhow, he had his first major health scare ever. And as it turns out, it was way more serious than than he let on. They thought he may have had some type of cancer in his leg. Uh, Anyhow, he uh, he had surgery last week, and I cannot wait to tell you guys not just the result of the surgery, but what my dad has to say about what he think is, is responsible for the outcome. We'll talk about it next. First, thanks to everybody that has been praying for my dad. It was probably, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago that um, I mentioned to you guys that he was having surgery. Uh, he, was, he was having problems with his legs. He just started getting pains in his legs. And he's a very active guy. Uh, he has his own landscaping company. He's out on a tractor cutting these massive properties on the eastern shore of Maryland every, every day. Hot summer wow. sun. He didn't care. He's out there getting it done. 87 years old. I mean, you would never think this guy was 87 years old with as, as active as he is. And he's never had any health problems. So when something happens to him, you're just like, wow, 87 years it took to prove he's not bulletproof, but he's not. Mm, so wow. we were all really super concerned and they thought it might be cancer. And he didn't let on to how serious it was even after the exploratory operation where uh, the way he described it, they do. I'm not a medical guy, but they go in and they do a test right there in the operating room where they freeze the cells they think are cancerous. And they know right away whether this is a really serious issue or not. And Hmm. the initial test, he did not tell any of us this. The initial test said, yes, this is cancer and it's the fast spreading kind. Oh, no. Right. So they sent that off to the lab for verification. It gets to the lab and they do the really, I don't know, intricate test, more thorough tests. And it shows no cancer at all. (gasps) Get out. Like He's got none. That's awesome. So he went for two weeks thinking that he not only had it, but it was the fast spreading. Like kind of this is it. You know, you're this is the end type thoughts to now he's completely 
cancer free, and he is so happy. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, a little background: when I was a kid, we were the family where my mom would take my brother and I to church. Dad did not go. Dad was not someone you would describe as a faithful person. Christmas and Easter. That's it. He mm-hmm. had no time for it. No time for that religious nonsense. He would not go. Since then, he's come to faith. It's been a beautiful thing to watch. But hearing that same guy who it was like pulling teeth, getting him even to set foot inside of a church, hearing him say, oh, this is 100% prayers and intercession. Absolutely. People pray, praying for me that, awesome. that turned this around. Mm-hmm. He's like 100, 100% glory to God for this whole thing. And I'm like, who are you? That's awesome. It's wonderful, but who are you? <laughs> so fantastic. If you're wow. praying for my dad, I really, really appreciate it. And he's not out of the woods yet. In mid, the middle of next month, uh, he has to have reconstructive surgery on that bone. Mm-hmm. And at 87 years old, surgery is always a big deal. Um, yeah. But they're like, and he can't. Here's what's going to happen between now and then. He's going to drive everyone absolutely nuts that's around him because he's in a wheelchair. No way. Oh, that's tough on a guy who's that active. He can't put any weight on it, so we're all teasing him like crazy. I said, well, I guess this means the Orioles won't be calling you in from the bullpen then, huh? (laughs) (laughs) As happy as I am that my dad got that cancer-free diagnosis, I think I'm even more happy about the faith that he's showing that he's yeah, embraced here at the towards the, you know, he'd be the first one to say it the, towards the end of his life. Mm-hmm. He's 87 years old. Because, um, I mean, this is a guy, he, first he gave me lots of like churchy esque sounding sayings as a kid. Like if we were, if we were close to somewhere, but not really quite there yet, he'd go, well, we're in the right church, but the wrong pew. <laughs> I love that line. Or the other one, if I was as a kid, if I was begging for something and there was no way he was going to buy it, he'd go, well, people in hell want ice water and they're not getting that either. <laughs> oh. I've used that one with my kids. <laughs> I've heard you use that one before, too. But, but then um, he used to love to tell a story. He went to a Christian school. And he would sneak out. Now, this was back in like dad's 87. So this is like the 50s. You could do this kind of thing then. He would sneak out of school out of a side door that everyone would use to go to chapel. So they thought he was going to chapel. Ooh. And he'd go down the street and get on the bus and go to Sears where he had a job and he'd work. Wow. While He's he was supposed to be in to school. He's been addicted to work since that age. Yes. Huh? <laughs> Fascinating. And he loved telling those stories. Um, But the thing that I find interesting about all of that is through this whole trajectory of a life where he would openly say he's made some great decisions and he's made some awful decisions here at the end of his life to see him embracing faith and embracing Jesus is just one of the coolest things that, that I've ever seen. I think it's really cool. Kev, you have nothing but love and admiration for your five dogs, right? So now let me ask you this. Okay. Could they survive in the wild Without you. (laughs) No. Well, you know what? Let me rethink that because they all are kind of like hunting in their breed. So maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they find a squirrel true to eat. Uh, Two in three pet owners of pampered pooches say no way. Their dogs are accustomed uh, accustomed to a life of luxury and could never survive without them. Close to half of pet owners, for example, in the survey, say their dog sleeps on the bed with them. Hmm. So uh, to to imagine them sleeping out in the wild. Yeah, I mean they they have to adjust to that. 
or there are pillow stacks around our house. We have the dog <laughs> oh, beds right. all stacked up. I mean, we don't, it's not enough for our dogs to have one dog bed. They have to have three stacked on stacked. top of each other, right? So, <laughs> that is amazing. They so. are living a life of luxury. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wish I had the life of my dogs. <laughs> I really do. Coming up, a beautiful story of a police officer going above and beyond. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! You're going to love this story of a police officer going above and beyond for his community. His name is Officer Eric Colloran, and he works for the city of Hapeville, Georgia, when he got a trespassing call. Well, when he got there, instead, he found a soft-spoken, respectful 16-year-old named Keontae, who had been hired to do some yard work. And he was trying to earn money for his five siblings to get some back to school clothes. And then he wanted a PlayStation for himself. I didn't see it coming at all. It's just out the blue. It came like a miracle. That was the miracle was the officer came back and gave him the PlayStation. Mm. Even though he didn't give him a, a clothes, he was still earning money for the clothes for his siblings. He got that little treat. And the officer was so humble about it. I didn't do any of this to end up on the news or anything. I, I was just going to try to help him out and reach his goal and let him understand that if you work hard and you're honest and, you know, good things will come to you. Isn't that awesome? He used his own money to get that kid wow. the PlayStation he was that trying is, to earn with that yard is work. Cool. And police officers aren't made of money. You know what I mean? That was pretty sacrificial yeah, for, for him to do time. that. So that's, that's a really cool way to go. Coming up in just a minute, I don't know about you, but I am very technologically challenged. And I tried to do something new and exciting on my phone, and it's been an epic failure. Hmm. (laughs) Maybe you can figure it out, because it's really cool if you can get it to work. I'll tell you about it next. Do you have those friends that know you're not on TikTok, so they send you TikToks? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my Uh, my daughter, endlessly. Pam Parrish, uh, she sent me the coolest TikTok the other day. And apparently you go through a series of settings on your iPhone and it, it gets to the point where you hold up your phone and you just go, say cheese, and it takes a picture if you open the camera. Hmm. And so I tried to get that all set up. Um, it, not only did it not work when I tried to set it up yesterday, I just abandoned ship. I was like, <laughs> forget it. I'll just ask. I'll ask our producer, Griffin. But... I had to activate voice commands on my phone. Mm-hmm. So if I have anything open and Kevin's talking about something, it starts dic- like writing what he's saying, <laughs> whether I'm in an, a, a text to a friend or a comment on social media. It's like Kevin saying, and then, and then this, this band from 1975 said, blah, 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 blah. Like it just records everything that is going on and on about behind the scenes on the radio show. So, you know, it has an like, endless text of me to, me saying the Beatles are the best band the yeah, good Lord ever created pretty and, much. and 15 hours of why. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you can get your phone to do this, I think it'd be a really cool feature, especially for those of us couples that travel, just the two of us. And so many of your photos, mm-hmm. you got to take them yourself if you want a picture of yourself in front of. The X Eiffel landmark. Tower or the you, Grand you got, so or this way you can just hold out your phone and go, say cheese, and boom, <laughs> it takes the photo. But I haven't figured it out Gotta yet. Figure it out. <laughs> Taylor's talking about this new technology on your phone where uh, you hold it up, you say, you say, say cheese, and it takes a picture, and it's not working for you. So yeah. what that means is if you look at Taylor's camera roll 
from the last three or four days, there are lots of pictures of her and Glenn looking at the phone going like, what's wrong with it? What's what's even happening right now? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, uh, dumbfounded, confused look. You know, that look that your parents get when you try to explain to them, you know, how to, I don't know, program their TV or something. <laughs> yeah, I do know how to hit the self-timer. At least my niece taught me that. Yeah. So that helps a lot. You mm-hmm. just turn on the self-timer. But I just thought this would be so much easier, hands-free, to say say cheese and voila. Yeah. I'm pretty good at t- taking selfies. I, I don't know what it is. Like when we have a group of us together, I like at state radio station events, I always go, hey, I'll take the picture. I'm really good at this. I don't know what it is if I have like the angle down perfectly or I think it's your long arms. Do I have longer arms than I normal think you person? Do, do I? Because they always look better when you take them. Except when you try to be artistic and then they're all blurry. <laughs> I've seen you do that. Really? Yeah, you're like, how do I look? You guys it's ever, like you've got the. You guys ever heard of the uh, phrase "everyone's a critic"? <laughs> no, I just said you're the go. best at taking selfies, except when you get all artistic and try to take a million, and then they're all blurry. I think you're thinking I'm trying to be artistic, and I'm not. <laughs> okay. What? It's true. I don't think the selfie is an, a legitimate art form. Do you want to have a discussion about that or do you want to move on? Wow. What would you do if suddenly hundreds of Amazon packages showed up at your house and it was all stuff you never ordered? Well, first, just go with a hundred packages showing up. I would go to my wife. I I don't know who ordered this. (laughs) It wasn't me. (laughs) Well, that happened to a woman named Cindy in Virginia. She got a thousand headlamps, 800 glue guns and dozens of binoculars which would be great if she spent her nights in the wilderness crafting and stargazing, but she doesn't. (laughs) Amazon thinks it's a scam where a foreign vendor sent merchandise to her because they had to remove it from Amazon warehouses and it was cheaper than having it sent back overseas. So there's nothing anyone's going to do about it. It didn't cost her anything? They just No, she didn't spend a penny. She didn't order any of it. She just has all this stuff. So she's given it all away to anyone she can, even strangers. She's one of those people like my mom where she does not want a single thing to go to waste. (laughs) Yeah, I'd find uh, headlamps like Boy Scout troop. Like they couldn't use the Girl Scout troop for like going Mm -hmm. camping and stuff. Yeah, that's what she's doing. She's giving it all away. Glue guns, give them to a school for the art teachers or whatever. What was the other thing? Uh, binoculars and, and binoculars. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you give the binoculars to, but maybe uh, we have a pair Scouts, that we keep out now for bird watching yeah. in huh. our backyard. <laughs> yes, we become those people. You guys are. It was all so because my mom visited. Exciting, and she goes, "Do you have some binoculars? We could see the birds closer." I'm like, "Mom, it's a great <laughs> idea. Let me dust them off." Sorry, I'm a little emotional today. We saw the elusive yellow-bellied sapsucker. <laughs> <laughs> It's really fun to watch birds, I'm just telling you. We keep them out on the coffee table now. Only birds I'm watching is my beloved Baltimore Orioles. Any of your kids headed to college soon coming up? Believe it or not, parents are hiring sorority consultants. Hey, did you know parents are hiring consulting firms for their daughter's sorority? What? Yeah, they hire them to give their daughters advice on everything from applying makeup to choosing outfits during rush one is called It's All Greek to Me. It's a great name. They offer $600 seminars to learn the basics about getting into a sorority. <laughs> $3,500 buys you unlimited access to sorority mentors 
who advise you through every step from making a first impression to what to wear, how to act, what to say, even how to scrub your social media of skimpy outfits or pictures with alcohol and replace them with family, friends, hobbies, and volunteer work. Hmm. Were you in a sorority? When you were we didn't have them at, my, at Wheaton College. There no. were no sororities or fraternities. Yeah, I, I didn't go to college, but I always look at them just like, ain't no way. It's I would expensive. ever be in a, a fraternity. There's no no way. And I, I got to go to the Groucho Marx rule with this one. I don't want to be a part of any organization that would would admit the likes of me. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, seriously, there's the whole the whole concept of it to me is just bizarre. So many people have so many fond memories, and like if they try, they find out that someone else is in the same sorority that they were in in college they get so super but isn't excited it, i mean like, here's, no here's my forgive me if i'm naive about this because like i said i didn't go to school and didn't that was never a part of my life but my whole perception of it is that you have to first prove yourself like socially acceptable to whatever their their organization is about and then you have to go through a humiliating process where everyone that has already done that like abuses you and and makes mm-hmm. you do stupid tasks. That sounds like more like a frat to than prove a your loyalty to these yeah. people that I didn't want to be friends with to begin with. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why? Would, and so now to go through that process, we have consultants to help us with that process. Just to me, is a little odd. The whole thing is just a little weird. No. Do you think if they were available, would you have wanted to join a sorority? No, I couldn't handle the pressure. Really. Like, no what's way. your perception of the, because you're like me, then you've never been a part, I was a part of fraternity. I have you're lots not, of friends and family members that were part of sororities. And, and they say there was so, a lot of pressure. Like, what I, was the pressure? Outfits, for one. You've got to spend buku bucks on clothing. Like matching clothes or uh, something? Or? I know someone in a sorority right now, and your outfit has to be approved by the head of the sorority See, before they, the event. They would never, ever approve. <laughs> But they wouldn't like my Walmart outfit. Come on. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. I'm w- way too much of an individual to, to go through that and be like, yay. These people I don't really like accepted me. Yay. <laughs> Just I, I couldn't do it. So fashion trends, they they come and they go, right? They, uh, one day it's flare legs, next day it's skinny legs, your jeans, right? You, you, it's tough just to keep up with all of them. But there's probably been some things that have come along and you're like, oh, I will never, ever wear that. Six months later, oh, they were on sale. <laughs> That'd be fun, right? Well, uh, there's somebody very famous said she would never, ever wear this thing, and now she's doing ads for them. Mm. We'll talk about it next. So I want you to think back. Are there some fashion trends that when you saw them, you were like, oh, ain't no way. And then six months later, you're like, well, I got a coupon. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why they're yeah. on sale. Why not? Well, somebody that said she would rather die than wear a pair of Crocs was Victoria Beckham. You know, David Beckham's wife, Victoria Beckham. <laughs> yeah. And now she's the latest celebrity to a model for them, these big yellow boots. No way. They're like Crocs. But oh, I got to Google they're this. Big, but they're like Ugg boots. Have you ever seen Ugg boots? They're Croc like those, but boots. they're made out of the Croc material. Yellow. They're yellow, and they, they look like a bit. Oh, like my a, goodness. <laughs> they look like a boot made out of Swiss cheese. That's so funny. She said she'd rather die than wear Crocs, and now here she is. I guess maybe... I'd rather die unless they paid me <laughs> than, I, <laughs> than I'd wear them. But I'm just wondering who amongst us, like Victoria, is willing to admit there was a fashion trend that uh, was like, that's ridiculous. A few months later, you're like, you know, well, they got them at Old Navy now. <laughs> oh, man, I just Googled her in the Crocs. Yeah. she's looks like It looks like she's wearing a pair that belongs to her husband. They're like 
five they're, sizes too big. Oh yeah, big. they're ginormous. They're massive. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's the, the point. They're supposed to look that big, like like UGG boots look, oh. you know, big. Supposed to be the same thing. So I'm wondering, you know, it's been hot all over the country, but it's been nowhere hotter than in Miami. Is she wearing those around Miami where they live? Is she tooling around like, I don't know. Well, there is built-in air conditioning. South Beach in her croc boots there's, as in July says, and August. As you said, Swiss cheese holes in them. <laughs> that is so funny. So I want you to give us a call. If you can think of something that you said, oh, I'll never. And then you <gasps> went ahead and bought it anyway. We'd love to hear from you. Taylor, you think of something too from that. <gasps> I'm taking it. You just looked up how much they cost. Yes. $450. <laughs> hey, there we go. What? There we go. So. Is there has there ever been anything fashion trend that you said no way will I do that and then you did Dolores we're talking about fashion trends and what's something that came along and you were like oh ain't no way I'll ever wear that and then a few months later you were all in wide leg pants wide leg pants I, I am part of the fashion hypocrisy group <laughs> and I said that I would never and I currently I'm a homeschool tutor. And I currently have four pair for the new school year. Ah, hey, there you now go. Now, is this different than flared at the bottom, like the whole pant is wide? Right, right. Okay. So the flare would be like um, tighter around the leg and then flared at the bottom, which is almost like hippie-ish kind of thing, right. which I'm I'm sort of trending into. I'm not a hippie, but uh, I was born after that era or maybe in the middle. The pants but, you're talking about are more like 90s baggy jeans. Right, except they're not jeans. They're different. They're cotton. They're oh mm, yeah. Focused. I just I Google image mm. them and they're like they look super comfy. That is why. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>